0: Dear Songwriter, Happy New Year. At the time of recording this, we are days away from the new year, 2024, and we are releasing this at the very beginning of 2024, so Happy New Year, and if you're like me, 2023 brought you many successes, many wins, and also many challenges, and as a result, brought you many lessons. I would guess. So, in today's episode, I want to do a little bit of reflection, a little bit of telling you all what happened with me in 2023, specifically what I relearned and specifically the harsh lessons that I relearned as I went through, I'll be honest, many difficult times over the course of 2023. But on a personal note, while there were many difficult times, I would argue that it was also probably my most successful year across the board, which is a good thing and I think is a natural thing, right? I think a lot of times when we see success overall and we take a look at the overall success, there are going to be struggles along the way. Like I said, in today's episode, I want to tell you the 12, one for each month, 12 harsh lessons that I learned in 2023 as it relates to my songwriting career, and just as a human person in general. My name is Connor Frost. I'm a professional songwriting mentor who's helped hundreds of songwriters now to write their first collection of songs. And this is Dear Songwriter, the podcast to help you confidently write and release your music so that you can consistently and confidently put yourself out there and start your artist journey. Let's get into it. Okay, so 12 Harsh Lessons. Going to give it to you straight. Going to give you a little bit of backstory depending on what lesson it is. So let's get into it. Okay, number one. You don't enjoy everyone's music, so don't expect everyone to like yours. And I think this is something that I've struggled with over the years. I have this belief, this need, this people-pleasing part of my DNA, I suppose, where I'm thinking to myself, I want everyone to like my songs. I want everyone to like me in general. But the truth is, I've found not everyone is going to like you or your music or whatever it is you're doing. And that's okay because it makes room for the people who are really resonating with what you're doing. And also on the other side of it is you don't like everyone and you don't like everyone's music. So why would we expect that everyone is going to like us and that everyone is going to like our music? And I've written about this before in 2013. I just played a show in Brooklyn, And someone came up to me afterwards and was like, yeah, man, like, good show. Your music's just not really my thing. And at first, I think I was really taken aback, almost offended, because it was kind of the first time that I really heard this to my face. And then I realized how silly it was to be worked up about it when it makes total sense. Why would I expect this person or any person to love what I'm doing without any sort of context and expect that the whole room or that the whole world is going to resonate with what I'm doing and the music I'm putting out there. And so that was definitely like a big moment for me. And this year I was reminded of that many different times, just through the different messages that I was getting in my DMs of people very clearly not really being down with what I'm doing for whatever the reason might be. And just reminding myself, you know what? I don't like everyone. I don't like everyone's music. I shouldn't expect them to like me or my music necessarily and everyone to do that. Okay, number two, no one is coming to save you. So take matters into your own hands and find people who can help you invest in their guidance. So the other night uh, I was in New York City. And then the night before that I was in Washington, D.C. for a couple shows with my brother's band, Oceans in the Sky. And we played these shows with Fred Mascherino, who is currently in the band Say Anything. And he's played in the band Taking Back Sunday and also has his own band, The Color Fred. And so he was performing solo on these shows. And both nights he was talking about how for years he felt like he was waiting. He felt like he was waiting for that record label, waiting for that particular person to help him to discover him. And he said at some point he just got tired of waiting. And so he started his label, Heading East Records. He's producing for other artists under his own name, under his own business. And so if a rock legend like Fred Mascherino is going to say something like that, I think we should all listen. And it's true. No one is coming to save you. No one is coming to save us. We got to take matters into our own hands. We got to get this thing going. And we can't expect others to just do so, especially without any sort of conditions or whatever it might be. Okay, number three, you don't have to rhyme all the time. Seriously, it's fine. So, a lot of times, I'll work with songwriters who are really trying to just lock in the rhyme, and I think a lot of times what happens is... They play a little bit too much to the rhyme and they're choosing words, they're choosing lyrics that maybe aren't the strongest choices. And so they're just doing so because they want to get the rhyme. And so what I've realized and through listening to a lot of different music this year and in the last few years, I suppose, is that you don't have to rhyme all the time and maybe you shouldn't rhyme all the time. So if you're feeling this need to have to rhyme, just know that maybe you shouldn't, right? Maybe you don't have to rhyme all the time. And hopefully that's helpful advice. Okay, number four is that hurt people hurt people. It's never personal. I think just as my career grows, as my brand grows, the amount of people who, I don't want to say like attack, I think attack is kind of a strong word, but who come at me, whether that's in the DMs or whether that's in the comments, increases, right? And I think it's just the nature of how things go with the world. And it just simply is that way, right? And I've come to realize after having experienced it for quite a few years now, it's never personal. If someone is taking the time to type a comment, send you a message unsolicited where they are trying to bring you down, they're absolutely going through something. And I typically don't engage with These types of conversations, but actually this year I I have a little bit and I've kind of taken the approach of like almost like a therapist in a way, just questioning like, hey, like, why are you saying this to me? And in those conversations, this just becomes confirmed, right, that they are going through something and that kind of comes out. So hurt people hurt people and it is never personal. Okay, number five, songwriting isn't supposed to always be fun. Sometimes it's going to suck. Right. And this is something that I've known for a while. But I think this year, because I actively was kind of shaking up my songwriting process a little bit, writing to a different style, I really felt some not fun moments because it was very much out of my comfort zone and continues to be. And I just felt those moments of frustration where I had to step back and say like, ah, this is like not the most fun thing in the world, right? I think the issue is, is that a lot of us when we work our nine to five jobs, nine to five careers, like I had many moons ago, we want music to be this escape, right? We want it to be this therapy. We want it to be something that helps us unwind, that helps us vent, whatever it might be. And I absolutely get that. And I think to an extent it should be. But I think if you are looking to take that next step where you are living that artist life of putting your music out there, playing shows, whatever it looks like for you, I think there needs to be this acceptance of, okay, this is going to feel like work and this isn't always going to be fun. And that's definitely something that I kind of relearned this year. Okay, number six, no one cares about your music as much as you, nor should you expect them to. Focus on how your songs and their respective messages can positively impact your listeners instead. Basically, I think we should be worried less about people caring about us, people caring about our music, and more be focused on how can our music positively affect someone else, right? Because if we're so worried about someone caring about what we're doing, someone really caring about our song, I think that's a little bit selfish, if I'm being honest, right? We're more concerned with what someone is going to think the praise that we might get for this song, and we're less concerned with like, okay, what message could I craft here? What relatable story could I share here to impact this person? And so I've relearned that this year through working with some of my clients who were very concerned with that, and conversations came up about just being worried that no one's gonna care as much. And my answer is like, you know what? They're not going to care as much, and we shouldn't expect them to. Let's focus on how we can make the song create the most impact possible by the message that we are relaying in those songs. Number seven, rejection isn't the opposite of success. It's a part of it. Therefore, we shouldn't be avoiding rejection. Basically, I think if you're not getting rejected, then you're probably not putting yourself out there as much as you could be or should be. If you're not getting those critiques, if you're not getting those criticisms, if you're not getting those venues turning you down, you're probably not putting yourself out there, right? And so when you think about just this sheer numbers game of this journey with music and songwriting, right? For every 10 songs that you write, maybe a couple of them will be really good, right? For every 50 venues that you try to play a show at, maybe you'll hear back from five of them. For every like 100... Publications that you pitch your single to, you send your press release to, maybe a few of them will get back to you, right? And so instead of like trying to avoid the bad feeling that comes with rejection, I actually think we should be leaning into it, right? Because if you are getting rejected, it means you're putting yourself out there. Okay, number eight, and this is probably the harshest, I will say, your friends want you to do well but not better than them. And I think this is human nature. I don't think this is a knock on your friends or my friends necessarily in general. I think friends are very supportive, but it's something to think about, right? Because when you get that advice from a friend subtly discouraging you from going after whatever it is you're going after, songwriting, your artistry just in general, that's probably coming from a place of like, you know what, I want to keep this person close. And so just to... Think about that when you are receiving advice and thinking about that when you are deciding who you want to get advice from, right? Because I've learned over the years, I was reminded of it this year, that your friends want you to do well, but not necessarily better than them. Okay, number nine, your first investor in your music will be and should be you. So put down or save up, right? And this is the harsh truth. And I have a lot of conversations with many of you who ask me things like, how do I find an investor or how do I find a record label before you've taken certain steps like writing a song, right? Or playing a show or proven any sort of track record that there might be something that is mutually beneficial for your investor. Hard work and talent and just having those attributes for some people, will be enough. But I would say, especially this day and age, with how everything is so centered around vanity metrics, numbers, followers, I think now more than ever, needing to go out on your own first and prove that you can do certain things before someone invests in you. If you look at a lot of some of these independent record labels who are signing rock bands and independent artists, A lot of them have been grinding on their own for years before getting that deal, right? Pine Grove, a band that uh, is currently on hiatus that I love, they were playing shows, house shows and going on tours for I think six or seven years before they got a deal from Run for Cover Records, right? And so your first investor is going to be you. And if you're spending a lot of time trying to find that investor versus writing songs and putting yourself out there and building some of those skills yourself. Again, I'm just one person with one opinion, but I guess I just worry that you're effectively missing out on potential opportunities and maybe investing time in places that aren't as productive. Okay, number 10, the context in which you say your songs are like your babies suggests that you never let your children leave the house and that you choose favorites. And this is something that I was reminded of this year with the many conversations that I've had across many different avenues of people basically saying, well, I don't want to share. I don't want to release my music because I need it to be this because my songs are like my babies, right? I'm not a father, so I'm not necessarily going to speak to that. I just feel like if we are overly precious, and I realized this for myself this year because I was venturing into a new genre and new writing style like I was talking about earlier, I think if we get too precious with our songs... They may never see the light of day and there's a balance, right? There's a balance of wanting that quality, wanting to get it to a point where you feel proud of it, but also recognizing that you have a gift to share with the world. And if you're withholding that for too long, you might be doing so for certain reasons like fear or selfish reasons of just feeling like it's not ready yet. So definitely something to think about. Number 11, there's a fine line between taking your time and putting it off. Just check yourself. Are you taking your time or is that maybe what you're saying to yourself and putting it off? Right. And I'll use myself as an example. I don't really want to spoil too much, but basically I have been putting off starting something for a long time. And finally, in literally the last two weeks, I said, you know what? I have been putting this off. I've done everything that I need to do in terms of my research In terms of my due diligence, there's always more research that I can do before I get started. I am putting this thing off. Now is the time to start it. And I'm going to hold myself accountable here without spoiling too much. I have officially started the process and I'm looking forward to moving forward with that process, right? So fine line, taking your time versus putting it off. Lastly, number 12, if you're consistently the most talented songwriter in the room, then you are in the wrong place rooms. Basically, you're going to learn more from people who know a little bit more than you. And that was definitely something that I was reminded of this year that I relearned because I put myself in a couple of rooms where I was like, whoa, I don't know anything at all. And it was a very humbling moment, but it was a very good moment because ultimately it allowed me to grow tremendously as a songwriter and a songwriting coach over the last year in 2023. So if you're finding yourself positioning yourself so that you are the most talented in a particular setting all the time, I'm talking about all the time. And once in a while, you know, it's going to happen. But if you find yourself like either consciously or not so consciously putting yourself in positions where you are the most talented, you are the most experienced in the room, There might be a reason for that, and the reason might be is that you're afraid of a situation otherwise, right? And maybe there's some sort of high that comes with knowing the most in the room, but will you continue to grow if you're in that stage? And that's the beautiful thing about music is there's never too much that we can learn, or there's no limit to what we can learn. Think about that as we go into 2024. What rooms are you putting yourself in? So the 12... Harsh lessons that I relearned in 2023. going to do a quick recap here. Number one, you don't enjoy everyone's music, so don't expect everyone to like yours. Number two, no one is coming to save you, so take matters into your own hands and find people who can help you invest in their guidance. Number three, you don't have to rhyme all the time. Seriously, it's fine. Four, hurt people hurt people. It's never personal. Number five, songwriting isn't supposed to always be fun. Sometimes it's going to suck. Number six, no one cares about your music as much as you, nor should you expect them to care as much as you. So focus on how your songs and their respective messages can positively impact your listeners instead. Number seven, rejection isn't the opposite of success. It's a part of it. Number eight, your friends want you to do well but not necessarily better than them. Number nine, your first investor in your music will be and should be you, so put down or save up. Number 10, the context in which you say your songs are like your babies suggests that you never let your children leave the house and that you choose favorites. Number 11, there's a fine line between taking your time and putting it off. Number 12, if you're consistently the most talented songwriter in the room, then you're in the wrong room. Okay. Thank you all so much. Happy New Year. I hope 2024 gets off to a great start for you. Thank you for being here. I'll talk to you next week. Happy New Year.